Hello, my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chatter. Delighted to be here again with Deacon Joe. How are you doing, Deacon Joe? Doing well today. Doing well. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Deacon, you just got back from a pilgrimage, didn't you? Yes, yes, I Tell did. Tell us about you your could, pilgrimage. You could call it that. Uh, I just returned from Italy, and the, uh, the, the first nine days I was in a city in Tuscany called Inchiza, which is next to Lopiano, so it's a uh, center for the, the uh, focolare. I was at a uh, what they call a sculetta. So if Italy is a boot, you were like above the ankle of the boot. That's it. That's okay, it. that's yeah. where you were. You have to yeah. give us some references. Okay. Very so you good. did the little school, and uh, I happen to know that there were adventures along the way. Tell us about getting there, and uh, Father. Um, the, Father. Tell us about the priest trying to, to greet to yeah. get you there. Yeah. So my my former pastor, Father Clint, and I were uh, gonna we were we flew over on the same day with different airlines, and we were gonna meet in Florence and then take the little little train down to where the the school was at the at this uh, monastery. So uh, uh, I wasn't too worried, you know. I mean, I, I've flown by myself some, but it was a little of an adventure. And then when I got to uh, uh, when I got to Paris, I found out you know, that he was in Frankfurt and his plane had been canceled. So I got to Florence and it was still canceled. So I had to navigate Florence, get the tram from the the, the uh, airport to the train station, and then figure out the train from there to where I was going. So it was a an adventure in in, in trust. <laughs> yeah, these pilgrimages have this way of doing that to us, that they create um, moments in which we can trust God because things didn't go the way they wanted to. I think I can beat you with an adventure in trust. So okay. I did a pilgrimage through Rome in 2011. And if you remember, in 2011, a volcano erupted in Iceland. Do you remember this, Deacon Joe? Yeah, I do. So when that volcano erupted, we were over in Italy with a pilgrimage of about 30 people. And um, the volcano erupted and we couldn't get home. So they canceled our flight to the transatlantic flight that brought us home. But the great thing about the travel insurance that was in, uh, the, that we had was that they put us up at a five-star resort for five five star resort for five days and it was all paid for. Wow. So we got five extra days that was completely free and then the flights were going again. We got on the bus and they took us to the airport and we flew home. So at first it was unexpected because everybody had to change plans about when they were going to get home. But the Lord used it for his greater glory and actually some of the, the greatest memories of that trip were created in those extra five days. We took a ferry into Switzerland and um, we were in Lago Maggiore. There was just all kinds of great things that happened that you wouldn't expect to happen. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So tell us, that leads us to our sponsor. Who's our sponsor for today's oh, podcast? Our sponsor this week is the Holy Land Pilgrimage that we're, our parish and you are doing yeah. next, uh, next May. So we're going to have a Holy Land information session this Sunday following the 11 a.m. Mass down in the community center lower level. So that's our sponsor today. That's Come our sponsor. find out so some info. We're going to describe what the trip is going to be like. There's no obligations. If you come to the to the information session, you don't have to go on the trip. But I encourage you just to uh, consider making a pilgrimage. Pilgrimages have been a part of Christian life for for uh, since the beginning, since our Lord carried his cross to Calvary, the first Christian pilgrimage. And since then, everybody uh, that wants to imitate Christ looks for those opportunities to be able to go someplace holy and to um, take in some something that's that's holy and magnificent. Speaking of holy and magnificent, can we share the gospel for this weekend? It's Please always... do. Please do. So the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. 
Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, but afterward changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What strikes you from the Gospel, Deacon Joe? Well, I think that conversion moment for the uh, first son. You know, just that... Uh, uh, I almost got the feeling the, uh, the first son was the uh, younger of the two and probably mm. a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he seems rebellious. Yeah. And that yeah. patience that the father has with his son, the one who, who said, um, uh, yeah, he said, no, you wouldn't go, right? Right. Yeah, nope, not going to go. And then later he changed his mind, this rebellious nature. And that can be us as well. Like, I, I want to be in charge. I want to mm -hmm. choose what I'm going to do. So there's a rebellious nature in us, and the Lord is always softening our hearts to be able to say yes, and may your holy will be done. And when we get really good at sanctity, our yes is, is quick. Whatever the will of the Father is, that's what I want, even if there's a cross. And, and I think also, too, it's a, it's a good example of being able to start again, being able to, to get do, do, almost like get a do-over. Exactly. So that's a part of sanctity, this, this holiness. And the holiness isn't just when you come to Mass on Sundays and say yes then. Our, our yes to God's holy will happens all throughout the week, day by day. Amen. St. Jose Maria Escriva, um, uh, he, uh, he founded Opus Day in 1928, and he saw Christian holiness as being for everybody. So just let me share a little of his um, observations. He said, it was respectable for ecclesiastics to be monks and sisters. Escriva went on to say, um, we are called to holiness even in the midst of our lives of work, and day by day holiness is what we, are, uh, what we should aspire to. In the end, when Jose Maria Escriva was canonized, 350,000 people went to St. Peter's Square to live with him. So he's one of the saints that I would hold up as um, one who has found holiness in the midst of, of this life and encouraged others to find holiness, even if they had thought, well, I can't be holy, I can't be a religious sister or a monk, so I'm not going to be holy. Um, the call to holiness belongs to those who are seeking the, the ways of God. And... Um, yeah, it's true that archbishops and cardinals can be holy. I think of Cardinal Von Tuan, who was the um, Archbishop of Saigon in 1975. And he was imprisoned by the communists. And there he found holiness in his prison cell. And he describes this over and over again as he uh, wrote in, uh, in his uh, autobiography. The, um, the way in which God came to speak to him in the silence and the great joy he had of being open to him. So this holiness keeps breaking into our lives. And we don't have to necessarily um, be a monk or be an archbishop or be a sister. In whatever state we're in, we can be in prison. And holiness breaks in. God finds his way to us. Very true. Very true. 
can I share with you a little of a, um, an image that came to me from a book I've been reading. I've been reading a book called Virtuous Leadership. And the image is on the section on being magnanimous. So I'm glad I could even say that word on the podcast and get it all out, magnanimous. So magnanimous means the striving of the soul for greatness. And this greatness that, that we should strive for makes us magnanimous. Few people who um, never strive for greatness don't become great. We have to strive for greatness. But it's, as a Christian, it's not our greatness. It's God's greatness that we want to be able to, to um, have coming to fruition within us. So time and time again, we learn that um, saints become magnanimous. They become great because of the great things that God is providing within them. So in my book, it says, small-minded men cannot even conceive of greatness. The notion that life has a high purpose is foreign to them. So we are called to greatness. And that means when the Lord calls, we say yes. Not like the rebellious teenager in the, in the gospel. Rather, we give our yes as we keep going forward. So can I share with you a little bit from sure. the second reading? From, sure. So this is the second reading from the, um, from the uh, Mass this weekend. It's Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And Paul says, Who, though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself. So this is our way of greatness. It's not that we fill ourselves up, we empty ourselves. That word in Greek, I remember studying this, that was kenosis. And kenosis in Greek means to empty oneself. And it's a theme that appears over and over again in, in Christianity. Look, in Jesus on the cross emptied himself. I think we can remember that word kenosis by uh, saying, um, Ken knows this. So, uh, you know somebody named Ken, if he's a good Christian, mm -hmm. he empties himself. So, kenosis. Ken knows this. So, kenosis means to empty oneself, and that's what our Lord does. But then, there's a great exaltation. Paul goes on to write, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on Jesus the name, which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend. In Jesus Christ, everything becomes complete. Everything becomes full. We become magnanimous when we follow him. We have to give up ourselves, and then he brings greatness about within us. I got one, one thing that might be kind of related to that, and especially when you say magnanimous. Uh, I was watching a uh, documentary on Netflix about uh, people who live to be 100 years old, and they were talking about these different, they call them blue zones, areas of the world where they have high concentrations of people who live that long. And... Uh, when you had to think one of the quotes you gave from the uh, Opus Dei gentleman uh, talked about about having that that purpose. Our purpose is to purpose is mm. to be holy. Yeah, to and, make the work life holy. Yeah, make yeah. the work life holy. And one of the one of the uh, things that this this researcher did was find some common threads from all these blue zones. And two of the things that that struck me about it was one was the people who lived to be a uh, hundred or older had a great purpose in their life. Mm. And many times the families uh, had multi-generational families in the house. And so they had a great respect for the uh, older generation and the older generation had a sense of purpose because they still like this one gentleman tutored his kids in math because he was good in math, his, his great grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other one that, that was a common thread through all the zones was faith. Wow. 
that 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 they all had. Uh, uh, of course, Italy they were mostly Catholic, and some of the other countries were different faiths, but they all had that tie to God. And so that it wasn't was the, that long ago that it made national news that a religious sister had a significant birthday. I think she was 104, 107, yeah. something like that. And um, so everybody wished uh, Sister a happy birthday. And she was uh, not only a religious sister, but she was a, a fan of sports. Was it baseball? I wish I'd seen it. I, I know been it Sister a... Jean from uh, Loyola, Chicago. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. you've heard yeah, of her. Yeah, she's Very 104 good. years old. Yeah, Very she's good. their team chaplain. For the Cubs? Was it for no, the Chicago Cubs? No, no. for the Chicago, uh, Loyola Chicago uh, college basketball team. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> for basketball. Yeah. And then they went on to say she has a sweet tooth. She likes sweets. And so if you think giving up your cherry pie is going to make you live longer, uh, not necessarily the case. That's right. Live lo- live well and live with great love. And yeah, you're allowed to have the cherry pie just a little bit. All little things bit. in moderation. All things in moderation. That's right. Well, thank you, Deacon Joe, for sharing the gospel with us today and for allowing us to go um, deeper into the word today. Thank you. May I offer a blessing as we end? Please do. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.